What is happening, everybody? On this episode, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite anthropomorphic blue hedgehog. So lace up those sneakers, grab some rings, and get ready to grab life by the controller. All right, so in order to talk about Sonic, we need to talk a little bit about Mario. Yeah, you heard that right. If it wasn't for our favorite plumber, we wouldn't have our favorite speedy hedgehog. Yuji Naka, the game's programmer, has said that the idea behind Sonic came from level 1-1 of Super Mario Bros. Speed was a factor because no matter what, you had to complete the first level. and You wanted to get through it as fast as you could so you could proceed with the game. This led to a desire for a fast-paced game built on speed and precision. Now speaking of speed, because of Sonic's unnatural speed, including light speed, his uncle, Sir Charles Hedgehog, created his power sneakers from power rings so that the rubber would never break down due to the friction of the speed. These sneakers were also designed based off the album cover for Michael Jackson's Bad Album. Now, this won't be the last time MJ will be involved in the series, but that's for another episode. Sonic was created as a way for Sega to take on Nintendo. The original mascot was Alex Kidd, but this was far too close to Mario for Sega's liking, and they wanted to get ahead of the competition. And to do that, they needed a mascot as recognizable as Mickey Mouse. They debated on animals such as a kangaroo, a squirrel, even an armadillo. Now, that armadillo ended up becoming a runner-up to Sonic, and the armadillo's design ended up being reused later for the sprite for Knuckles Chaotix. Now, after settling on a hedgehog, the design team stepped in and created the mascot that we all know and love. So, according to an accompanying comic, Sonic was an ordinary hedgehog, but turned blue after a lab accident that involved shoes and a hamster wheel. This gave him amazing speed in his blue color. Now, originally, Sonic was supposed to be teal, but blue is the color of Sega's logo, represents peace, and actually contrasts better with the backgrounds that they had. Now, I for one am glad that they changed the hue. One piece of fun information based off of misinformation, in Sonic, when he lands in the water, he dies. Now, this is because the development team did not know that hedgehogs could swim. Think of how different it would be if they had access to Wikipedia nowadays. One thing about Sonic that has always confused me. There are different backstories in which Sonic has always had his speed. And, you know, Sir Charles, the hedgehog, made him the shoes so that the friction from his speed wouldn't melt the rubber. Now, there's also another storyline, if that's what you even want to call it, where the shoes give Sonic his speed and abilities. Both of these I have found official statements for from Sega. Just 
adds a new dimension to the Sonic Mystique, I think. Sonic came out in 1991 and began a new era of console wars. As stated before, Sega was not content to be a close second behind Mario and Nintendo. So Sonic came out in 16-bit glory, complete with blast processing and the iconic Sega chant that we all know and love. Now this chant almost didn't happen. The original chant was supposed to be a sound test in the options, but that was cut out due to time. Now this Sega, and I'm doing it horribly, I'm sorry, but it took up more space on the cartridge than most levels, but it became an integral part of my childhood. To this day, I can't hear it without being taken back to the golden days of my childhood. And I bet you guys are the same way. Now, the plot of the game is something I think we all know. Dr. Robotnik kidnaps a bunch of animals to enslave them in hopes of getting the Chaos Emeralds. And Sonic sets out to rescue the trapped creatures, get the emeralds, and restore peace and happiness. But did you know that Dr. Robotnik was originally named Eggman in the Japanese versions? Now, I know this always confused me when they tried to change his name in later titles from Dr. Robotnik to Dr. Eggman. I never had any idea of why they made that change, but it was to pay homage to the Japanese original versions. Sonic has a long legacy involving various systems and games, cameos, toys, comics, and even a cartoon TV show. Speaking of which, did you know that back in the day, on the Sonic cartoon, Sonic was voiced by Jalil White? the beloved Steve Urkel's on Family Matters. So, now that we have a brief history of our beloved Blue Speedster, let's discuss the feels, the memories, the nostalgia that we share. I remember the very first time I saw Sonic. I had just f barely finished eating a Whopper from Burger King with my aunt, uncle, and my cousin. We were celebrating my cousin's birthday. I mean, to this day, I can't tell you how old he was turning, but I remember what he got. He got a Sega Genesis, or a Mega Drive, depending on where you're listening to us at. And it would have had to have been about 91 or 92, because originally, the Genesis came packaged with Altered Beast. But this, this one that he got, it came with the Sonic cartridge. So it was pretty special. Now, I'd been familiar with Sega because I'd played Altered Beast and Golden Axe at my buddy Ryan's house. But this game was like nothing I'd ever seen before. The colors were so bright and vibrant. The contrast between Sonic, the landscape, and the background was incredible. Not only that, but the music and sounds were amazing. The sound effects had a depth to them. Like when you bounced on a spring, it was what your little child mind thought bouncing on a spring would sound like. The music sounded like a full orchestra, full of crisp and bright notes. 
as well as complimentary lows, and boy was it ever catchy. Now, that was the sound of my childhood. That was the sound I heard every time I would go over to my aunt and uncle's house to visit my cousin after that birthday. I watched Sonic jump, roll into a little ball, and just run through the stages as fast as he could, hitting all the robotic animals to release the little critters inside. That was an incredible time in my childhood. Something I'll never be able to forget because it was different. The way that you sped through the land. The way the landscape in the foreground went versus the background. It was incredible. It had motion that I had never seen before on my Nintendo games had shades of green that I didn't know existed on a console. It had depth. It was seriously groundbreaking to my little 10, 11, however old I was mind. One of the things that I absolutely loved about this game were the loop-de-loops. The fact that it gave you something different that you'd never seen on a side-scrolling game before. The way that it just emphasized his speed. That was something that you didn't get from Nintendo's 8-bit era. It was something that was stylized and created specifically Sonic. It is what makes Sonic as iconic as he is. Without speed, Sonic would be just your everyday side-scrolling platformer. One of the things that I didn't understand in my youth playing this game was the fact that you needed to get the Chaos Emeralds. I always remembered going into the bonus stages collecting the rings, trying to get the the emeralds, but not knowing that to thwart Dr. Robotnik, you had to get possession of these Chaos Emeralds. I always thought that the bonus stage was just like a, hey, you know, here's another way to rack up your score. Here's a way that we're going to reward you with extra guys. I had no idea that you absolutely needed to get to the bonus stage so you could get the emeralds. As soon as I was old enough to find out, I was in my 20s. I was working at Hollywood Video, and I read in a magazine there. I didn't grow up a huge Sega fanboy. I loved me some Golden Axe, Alter Beast, and Sonic, but that was it. At the time, I was in, into Nintendo Power. I'm a diehard Super Nintendo fan, but as big of a Super Nintendo fan as I am, I'm that big of a Sonic fan. 
Sonic had the power to take on Nintendo. Sonic had the creative ingenuity to change the mechanics in the games that we were playing at the time. The way he moves across the screen, the different variations in his sprites, that paved the way for the games that we enjoy now because of friendly competition. I mean, I guess it wasn't friendly because they're out for the market. I mean, during the Bit Wars, Sega and Nintendo forced each other to pump out the absolute best material for games that it possibly could because they wanted pure domination of the market. And it was because of the Mario games in the Sonic games that we got the quality that we did. So, I mean, thank you to Sega and Nintendo for button heads like they did. Because if it wasn't for that friendly rivalry, I wouldn't have my childhood. Now, on Sonic, you're not just going for speed. That's one of the things that you want to use, you want to do so bad because it's there. But the whole key is to use his speed and your brain to complete puzzles, to master the levels, and get through the stages. So we are going to talk to a couple of people who have never played this before. They know about Sonic because everybody knows about Sonic. He's in everything from his own games to stuff like Sonic and Mario at the Olympics on, you know, Game Boy. So we're going to have Peaches. Give this a shot. Let us know how she feels about it, possibly versus some of the other games that we've had her play so far. See how it stacks up how challenging it is, find out her opinion of the graphics even. So let's uh let's get to this. Alright, so joining me is fan favorite producer, Peaches. Hello. Oh, <laughs> what's happening? Not much. So what latest experiment have we done with you? Uh, playing Sega, or, what is it? Sonic. Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sorry, I'm playing... Sega's... Yeah, the... Mascot. The console. Yes. Sorry. Nope, it's all good. Could you tell us a little bit about your experience? I actually really like it, because I like running through levels. I don't like taking my time and finding every little thing. So I like the fast action of just being able to run through the level. And it's very satisfying hearing that every time you get the coins. Coins? Well, the rings. The rings. You were calling them coins, so. Oh, don't blame me. (laughs) So how do you think this 16-bit video game holds up nowadays? I think it's impressive. I mean, 
honestly, I think that the graphics on it are very well done for how old it is. Now, what is your favorite part of, like, the graphics, like, the way it looks? What stands out the most to you? Um, I like the water in, in the background. Now, we're we're watching Sorry. <laughs> Sonic as, as we're discussing it because it really set a standard back in the 16-bit console wars. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome. Like, how they have, like, the waterfall going into the water, the trees in the background. I mean, you've got a foreground, and depending on where you're at on the level... The background changes. If you're up higher, you've got a better view yeah. of the waterfall, you know, on the first stage and, and the lake behind you, so... Yeah, and then, like, under the ground, it's more like, well, he's a hedgehog, he can go underground, so... Yeah. Now, to, in terms of playability, and challenge-wise, I, I know that you're, like, PC gamer... I actually really liked it though. It's one that I could probably like get into playing. We need to get you addicted to it and get you playing the sequels as well. Yeah, no, I actually I really liked it because I'm like, okay, well, I passed that level, but it's still a level that I feel like I could go back and find do more stuff on. Like figure out like how to go underneath ground or up higher and find out how to access the bonus stage to get the chaos emeralds. Yeah. I know when I was younger, I got to a bonus stage a few times. And we gotta get you to defeat Robotnik. Yeah. So, this is Sega's flagship, if you will. This is what kept Sega afloat and what keeps the Sega name relevant nowadays. Yeah, I can see that. And Sonic has been in every console since Sega doesn't do consoles anymore. I mean, Wii, Game Boy Advance, or not Game Boy Advance, Game Boy DS, stuff like that, PlayStation. He is everywhere to stay relevant. That's true. I mean, he's almost like Mario to that point. Like, everyone knows Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario... Exactly. It's the one thing... It's like the two things I know. <laughs> the one thing that Sega left a lasting impression with was... Yeah. Sonic. Yeah. Well, thank you for giving it your college try. And the good old college The good try. old college try. And thank you for letting us know your honest opinion on it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's actually a fun game. We might have to start playing it more. Nah, we should definitely start playing it more. <laughs> All right. So, as I said, we might have a chance to talk to a youngster about his adventures into Sonic. We have in studio right now Bobby. Now, we've talked to Bobby before on an earlier episode about gaming habits. But today we get to the meat and potatoes of everything. We get to talk to him about an actual game. How are we doing today, Bobby? Awesome. So, we're talking a little bit about Sonic the Hedgehog. How do you think it holds up nowadays? It holds up pretty darn well. 
what do you like the most about Sonic? Yeah, and about the way that it looks, like I like how it adds like particles, like say if you get a boost, and it just looks good in particular. Now, this came out in 1991, and it added things that nobody had seen on a console game before, such as, you know, the, like you said, the vapor shield that you get from that speed boost power-up. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the blinking shield right there. Uh-huh. Do you realize the impact that things like that had on gaming? N- no. And see, that's why we're doing this podcast. We want to get... Involved in different sorts of games yes. that we didn't know existed. That a boy. That is exactly why we are doing this. Now, with this game, how would you rate it on a fun scale? 5 to 10. Because sometimes it can anger you. Sometimes it can be fun. And all that. Now, do you think that this is an easy game? Or is it a hard game? I think it's a medium game. So, sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes it can be easy. Now, with this game, what do you think about the sound effects in the music? The sound effects are actually really good. The music is awesome. It's clear. It's smooth. And, yeah. And it's something that kind of gets in your head. It's catchy. Uh Uh-huh. Now, is this a game that nowadays you could play with your friends and have a good time? Not really. Not really? Some people aren't really into old games, but sometimes old games can be funner than newer games. Well, I appreciate the fact that you would share your opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and your feelings on this with us. It means a lot to us as a gaming community mm-hmm. to get your input. So thank you so much for stopping by, having a conversation with us, and for trying this out. And that is going to conclude this week's episode. like to thank you for joining us in our adventure in retro gaming. Please tune in next week. I don't know where we're going to take you, but it's going to be somewhere good. Be sure to find us on Instagram, uh, follow us on Twitter, and then check us out on Twitch if you're into streaming. We get on, we have some fun, and we talk about the games that we play. You can find us at each of those at Grab Life by the Controller. Y'all have a good night.